Welcome to episode 40 of Drunk Valorant. The big 4-0. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got some important stuff to talk about today. And I actually don't know what it is, because Hunter's going to fill us in on that later. But the important stuff is we've got drinks. Hunter looks surprised. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to think it through, and then I, I think I know what cast means. Yeah. Just that I had this one topic I've been saving okay. for a while. Basically, this is for... Actually, fuck, dude. I asked Chase to look this up for me, and then I forgot what it is. I already okay. looked it up for you. What the fuck? I know, and I forgot what it was. Uh, Filchy McFly. Filchy McFly. This one's for you. This episode, I'm actually going to be double fist in here. Because you, you wanted some more drink-related content. So I don't know oh, if you're going to get extra long drink-related content, but, like, you're going to get double the content. Um. So, yeah. Basically, I was planning on just drinking this backcountry beer. Um, It's the Flores Guava. That's great. That is Ooh. an incredible name. <laughs> it's a good name. It's, yeah, a, it's it a Guava Sour. Um, we, we've talked about the backcountry sours before. They use a really good base for it, so they all taste fucking incredible. Um, the description's great, so I'm just gonna read it out here. Guava on the loose. Guava on the moose. Soured to perfection and packed with mountains of guava to keep you bouncing off the walls like you're fresh out of grade school. Mm. Um. Mm. Bars. Yeah. Yeah, put a beat behind that shit. Basically, I beat you eight. For those of you who don't know what IBUs are, that's fucking high. It's not. Um, I was going to say, hey, <laughs> that sounds low to me. <laughs> I don't know what's sounded about IBU. Yeah, it's International Beer Units. Yeah. It's not. Hell it's bitterness, yeah. but, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> Basically, there's, there's eight beers Amazing. in this can, is what we're going to go with here. Okay, yeah, you can go with that if you want. It's not yeah, true, we're, we're but you go can with go that. with it. We're, we're, we're running with it. Um, mm. It's a 5.5%. It's pretty solid. I've already had one of these. Um, okay, the other thing that I got here, and this one's got a bit more of a story behind it. Um, I got a Hazy IPA from Parallel 49. And this is their 10th anniversary edition, limited edition beer. Um, and basically, Parallel 49 was one of the first breweries I found in Vancouver when I showed up here some seven, eight years ago. Uh, and I had one class in particular, which was just in university, which was just a complete info dump. And I had this class like right after my studio lunch break. Um, and so I'd always go to the liquor store and buy a couple of beers to just sit in the lecture hall and drink while I was just sitting there and listening to this massive info dump. Um, the way you and should go through university. As a complete degenerate, yeah. Well, okay, so what I was going to say is what you should know about engineering in Canada is the engineers fucking drink. We're known for <laughs> it, and we do a damn good job of it. Mining engineering <laughs> in particular are the pros when it comes to drinking. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys in EngFizz, which is kind of opposite ends of the spectrum, if you think that about it. That is opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> but at any rate, we're we're known for pounding drinks like it's our job um and so me drinking a beer in a lecture was honestly par for the course i see so there's I even a song about it oh what really yeah yeah the like godiva's hymn oh yeah, the engineering yeah, 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 theme song. yeah, yeah. There is, i don't know it but like i know there is one yeah we are we are we are the engineers we can we can demolish 40 beers oh yeah drink rum drink rum drink rum and come with us 
<laughs> where we don't give a damn for any old man who don't give a damn for us. Okay, so at any rate, I drank a lot of Parallel 49s in this lecture. Um, it was one of the first breweries that I was just like, I really like the stuff they're putting out. Um, and like a couple of their mainstay products that you can find just about anywhere, I really, really enjoyed. And then since I have gotten more into the, the out there kind of experimental type stuff, uh, haven't had a ton of Parallel 49s lately. But I saw this lone beer just sitting on the uh, the shelf at the liquor store today, and I was like, I need to get this. So I did, and if you give me about 10 seconds, I'll tell you what I think about it. Ooh. The silence is deafening. Pretty fucking good. Um, <laughs> it, it is significantly higher on the IBUs. Uh, I don't think it mentions what they are anywhere, but it, it it's a very bitter, hazy IPA. It almost tastes like a, um, what is it, like double dry hopped? Which it could be, they don't specify, but... Honestly, I have no idea if it is or not, but it it does remind me of like a double double dry hopped IPA. Yeah. I mean, um, dry hopping specifically actually makes the beer not as bitter as normal hopping, but I'm just gonna throw that out there. It's a little yeah. factoid. Yeah, I actually didn't know that, but yeah, the earlier you put in hops in the brewing process, specifically during the boiling process, the more bitter the beer becomes. Okay, so maybe it's just a double hopped IPA, not a double dry hopped IPA, but it's definitely pretty hazy. Like I can I can feel the unfilteredness about it. A little gritty between cool. your teeth. Yeah. Which I don't mind, but like it's pretty solid. Like I don't think I could drink multiple of these in one sitting. That'd be very fucking heavy. Um But as like an individual does one off tall beer. I think it's pretty solid. Hell yeah. I mean, I'd, like, I'd also like to say double that fisting. I'm also uh, double fisting tonight. Um, however, it's just two Coors Banquets. Oh, man. Back I don't know. Back. Yeah, was I, uh, was I drinking Coors Banquet on the podcast last week? Yeah, well, when yeah. you say last week, it was like three days ago. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> it's it's yeah. the same pack of banquets, but it's because it was right, three right. days ago that we recorded the last episode. And uh, for you guys, it'll have been a week between releases. So, you know, you're going to be like, wow, he really doesn't drink beer. But um, but Chase wants you to know that he pounds the beers. Well, I mean, it's, a, it's an 18 pack and it's lasted for three days. So that's pretty good. Mm hmm. Yeah, honestly, that's a uh, well. That's because uh, neither Tony nor I have dipped into that pack. True, that often happens. Yeah. Um I'd like some, you know, re reciprocation every once in a while. That'd be nice. I got some beers yeah. kicking around. <laughs> yeah, not not from you, just day? just Tony. I got a white cloth yeah, from Tony. Did, did, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, didn't Tony buy white cloth? Yeah, so I, I got two white cloths from Tony, and you know that that doesn't even make a dent in the amount of beers that I've given him, but. You know, it it'll it'll subdue I me for now. Tony, like eight beers today too, so yeah. But I'm double Tony's fisting. I'm I'm double fisting because uh, I did the classic crack a beer because I thought I was done with the last one, and then pick up the last one and realize there's still a quarter of a beer left. So yeah, it happens. 
So Hunter, what are you double fisting today? Um, I, I actually am triple fisting. Oh no, shit! Um... Oh, we just got one up. <laughs> Although that being said, two of them are Bud Light seltzers. Well, I I guess I have two open. The other one I could open just for the fun of it, if to prove the point. I mean, you you did say you were triple fisting. So yeah, I mean, do it. Gotta, I think yeah, you gotta yeah, hold yeah, all yeah, three yeah. up to the camera and prove that. Uh, oh, this uh, is brutal because I just cut my nails. Yeah, so okay. all of you guys, you know, watching on Patreon, yeah, can, yes. can see him. Uh, hold all three yeah, obviously we don't have a patreon so don't go look for it that's oh, a God. fucking joke well... <laughs> wait but hunter the real question is can you pour all three into your mouth at the same time we really should have a patreon because that was sensual as fuck him drinking all three of those beers <laughs> and spilling one on myself <laughs> yeah <laughs> beautiful you love to see it okay um so the bud light seltzer uh retro tie-dyes we've already talked about the main uh, star of the show, if you could call it that, is a beer that I worked extremely hard to bring home. Um, so when I was at the liquor store, I saw this beer. This is the Key Lime Pie Fruited Sour Ale by True Respite Brewing Co. I and I thought that sounded... Hard. Do you mean five-finger discount? No, no. I... Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just like, I, I worked really hard to bring it home. I mean, I'm just like... Oh, I was going to tell a story. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming he was going to launch into it. I didn't uh, expect yeah, him yeah. to say, oh, so, I stole this. <laughs> so as you can see at the top of this can, it's a little bit busted. So there's only one pack of these left, and all of the cans were kind of mangled. Um, in fact, one of the cans was uh, had, had, was actually, like, broken. Like, you know, clearly there wasn't any pressure in it. So it was a four-pack. So I took it to the counter, and I was like, hey, can I just buy these three? Because this one is clearly bad and she was like yeah sure so uh that was all well and good so i got my three beers uh from that pack and uh along with the rest of my order i hope and you got then a I discount go to... well i mean i didn't i don't know if i got like a big discount but i definitely didn't pay for the fourth beer in the pack okay okay like 75 percent. yeah 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 okay all right so I go to set down like the box like with my order in it from the uh liquor store in my car and all of a sudden, just, like, the top just blows off of one of these. <laughs> like, it had been, like, stressed, I guess. And, like, it, like, sheared, like, the whole top off of one of the beers. It just, I've never, I'd never seen anything like it before. Um, it, I was like, <laughs> wow, okay, well, I guess this is happening. So I was already completely down one beer, and now this one is filling in the box in the car, and then... You know, I had to immediately drink that one, of course, once I got home. Um, once you it, home. Yeah, what's that? You, you didn't down it there in the parking lot? Yeah, come on. I actually live in Missouri. <laughs> uh, fun fact, do you, do you guys know that drinking while driving is legal in Missouri as long as you're not over the, like, blood alcohol? Well, can I wrap this uh, way back around to where this all started from? Yeah, what's your other beer? <laughs> well, that's that's the yeah. thing. So my beer is this key lime pie sour, and uh, despite all that, oh yeah, and then also today when I went to put these in the fridge for the podcast, I I found that another one had like developed a hole and was like ruined at some point. Uh, well, I, I guess I could try drinking it, but like I had kind of left it alone for a while. It probably isn't good. Are so despite immediately. I downed the so the one that the lid the top blew off. Of course, I downed that one as soon as I got home. Yeah. But then of the two remaining after that one, one of them I'm drinking now, and the other one I found was like totally flat. 
like in Got my it. room, and there was a hole, like it was a small like air hole. So despite that complete mess of getting uh, the beers to my mouth. It really wasn't worth it. This is one of the worst beers I've had. On the oh podcast. shit! I thought you were gonna be like, it was so worth it. And one no, out of it really four wasn't. made it, and it was delicious. No. It, so basically, sounded... you're drinking a beer that you don't enjoy. And wait, hold on, I gotta change my math for the states here. So it's probably like a three dollar beer, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Math for the states. I think uh... something like that. I, I think what you're missing is that for some fucking reason, beer prices for craft beer are comparable in Canada and the States, which is insane. That just means that the States is even more overpriced for craft beer than Canada. There you have it. We're just so, really well, fucking expensive on the cheap shit. So it's okay. So yeah. what did it cost you to have this one beer, which you're not really enjoying? I uh, don't, I wish I'm, it, it's not as if I'm saying this like to, because I don't want to think about it, even though that is true, but I don't remember exactly how much I paid. Okay. Let's call this a $12 uh, beer. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I go higher, oh, multiply like that going by 10. Out to the bar and grabbing a beer. Yeah. Yeah. This is a $120 yeah. beer. <laughs> so you just well, remember Cass did have a $12 beer on the podcast a while ago, but that was just $12 from the store. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Either way, long story short, okay. big bummer, but I have my retro tie-dye Bud Light Seltzer, so... In my defense for the $12 beer, I didn't know it was $12 until I got to the register. I thought I told you. At that point, it's just way too late to back out. No, no, you no, can no, never no, no. take something to a register wait, and wait, then be like, oh, yeah, 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 I don't yeah, want to yeah. buy this. I got to the register, <laughs> the I rung it up, and I just, like, I just went wide-eyed for a second. Chase was just like, oh, yeah, I saw that you grabbed that, and I was like... Chase, like, made a comment when I picked it out of the fridge. He's like, oh, big baller. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I made, like, just no mental note to be like, huh, maybe he's talking about the price of the beer. Because Chase checked the price of the beer, and I was just like, ooh, this looks interesting. Um, and then I got to the register, the guy rings it up, it was like 12 bucks, and then he adds on a couple other beers, and I'm like, well, it's too late now. I can't, like, walk back and put it away. Yeah. Um, all right, Mr. McFly, you got what you wanted. There's a lot more yeah. fucking beer talk in this episode than I think we've had in any other thing. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, maybe we'll talk about more beers later. Probably not, but, you know, maybe. I mean, for sure. I've for got, sure. like, four more beers in the fridge, but they're all beers that I've talked about already. So I could let you know when I'm drinking another beer, but you're not going to get any more beer talk, really. Yeah. I can just, like, chime in and be like, hey, I'm cracking another, I suppose. And to whoever said that they skipped the entire beer section. Uh, you're just no. skipping a lot of this podcast. Yeah, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. I said they skipped the <laughs> first totally, five minutes. So yeah, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. You're oh, still going to get a lot of a lot of beer content if you only skip the first five minutes. Yeah, also, you're missing like some top tier banter. <laughs> yeah, as there long as Hunter are. leaves it all in, I don't know about that yeah. though. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how much of this. We have discuss this off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll see it's honestly up to you guys i didn't admit to doing anything it's you guys who did so it's up to you really i hypothetically <laughs> talked about certain circumstances yeah yeah, there, yeah you're a, digging a yourself a bigger here. hole here buddy <laughs> yeah, there, there's a spectrum here chase straight up admitted you left of like a shred of plausibility of doubt that i just didn't admit anything deniability. that's all i need yeah um, yeah okay but any on to valorant perhaps yeah 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 <laughs> Okay, so actually, uh, Hunter's had something he's wanted to discuss for a couple weeks, and mm -hmm. as stated earlier, we're recording this just a couple of days after our last podcast, 
So yes. my idea cache is a bit barren at the moment. So we're going to let Hunter take this away. Ugh. Also, yeah, for the record, and... my idea cache is always barren outside of like four hours before the podcast, <laughs> which I brainstorm ideas. So like, if you do have ideas, please toss them in the uh, yeah. It's like as, as topic suggestions. If only there was a topic suggestions channel on our Discord like, that actually wild. does have some use. Yeah. But yeah. Um, well, one thing that I think is also worth noting about the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing that I think think is also worth noting about the time of podcast recording is that we're recording on Wednesday night, which means that. Currently, for us, there are several more uh, NALCQ matches to be played. However, by the time you'll be listening to this podcast, the winner of NALCQ will, will have already been determined. So next podcast, hopefully, we'll be able to share our thoughts on that a little bit if it was interesting. But Yeah, but we have uh, no so idea. You know, we don't point, know at so. this point. Yeah. For, for significantly fewer or future listeners to this, it is August 10th, so about half of... The LCQ has been played. Yeah, so if you're a future listener and you want to research, if you want to like look on a calendar to see how this compares to LCQ, both of which happened in the past, now you can. Anyway, uh, so my topic does relate to uh, pro-Valorant. Uh, actually, it's a two-parter and both parts relate. So for part one, I noticed it's not really enough to be considered a trend, but I noticed something really interesting. If we go back to the start of international tournaments uh, in Valorant, um, we go to Masters 2 in 2021, uh, Sentinels won. And Sentinels, even though they had a good team all around, they were absolutely built with their star Duelists and Opper being 10s on most maps. Shazam did Op on one or two maps. but like, It was split. Split, split. Um, and But in general, you know, their team, their the cornerstone of their team at that point was 10s and his dualist ability plus ability to op. And then we go to Masters 3, and it's a, it's a bit that tendency of, you know, uh, team being built around the star dualist was certainly a bit less so with uh, Gambit winning and uh, Defo, I believe it was at the time. Was definitely did definitely have some good performances, but obviously Gambit's, uh, you know, Nats has always been absolutely disgusting. And there Nats was, was definitely the standout, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he 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 had a huge tournament, so that one breaks the trend a little bit. But then when we go back to Ascend winning champions, obviously Ascend is even more so than Sentinels. Uh, CNED being the the backbone of the team, and then even starting the the next season, Masters won this year. Uh, optic winning, obviously, Yay is the highlight, and everyone else, they have a lot of good players at other positions, but Yay is, you know, the capstone of that team. But then when we get to, you know, Masters 2, we see that both of the teams in the Grand Finals, uh, FPX and um, PRX, FPX, yeah. yeah, yeah, both of them had team compositions well, team composition isn't the right word. They both had teams that weren't built on depending on one particular duelist or opera. That, yes, Artis is a solid chamber, but he was absolutely not the reason that FPX won. 
Uh, and then on the other side, uh, a couple, uh, both Forsaken and uh, okay. Devi, oh, uh, Devi. Play cha- played Chamber, is what I was going to say. Oh, was both it Devi, Devi. played Chamber? I, I believe it was. Wait, is that when Forsaken plays Yoru? What? Like oh, when, no, does, no, so, when, uh, when does Devi pick up the Chamber when Forsaken is on okay, what character? Okay, I think, I think Devi plays Chamber on Fracture. That part I'm pretty confident on was... Forsaken playing Neon or Yoru on Fracture is what I don't remember. Neon. Must have been Neon. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. You don't play Yoru Fracture. This, yeah. yeah. Now that you bring this up, I'm pretty sure you're right. It was Devi. Cool. It cool. definitely wasn't Jing. No, Jing's going to be on the fucking yeah, yeah. race. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Right, Jing right. never plays. I've never seen Jing play Chamber, which is probably a good thing because he's all about getting into people's faces. Anyway, so what I thought was really cool and interesting is that neither of those two teams in the grand finals um depended on a star duelist slash opera as like the thing that's carrying their team uh which is a bit of a departure from the majority of previous international championships uh and so i guess i want to kick it over to you guys to say what do you think of that observation slash theory do you think it's a good thing to have teams that are more i guess talent distributed versus around a star player um what are your thoughts on that I'd I'd like to fight back on two of the things that you just brought up there. And first of all, okay. was um I feel like in now I'm bad with the numbers and the names. Uh but when Optic won the Ma- international Masters won Reykjavik. Masters won Reykjavik. Yeah. Um I feel like Marved had it just an outstanding performance. Right? Like Whether or not you give him the MVP or not is is like an aside topic, but I feel like Marv punched above his weight. Yeah, Marv was definitely standout on average for sure. Right? Like, like you look at Ye, and obviously we're like as you brought up, Ye is a disgustingly good opera slash duelist. Um, Yes, and is just known for having absurd aim. Right, but right. I feel like Marved punched so far above his weight in that tournament that that it was like it's not like it was solely Yay dragging his team's dead body across that finish line. No, I mean yeah, even F like and S had had like a map or two where he just dragged Optic to victory, right? Right. Yeah, and that's that's where like I'm not. I'm not so much, I'm definitely not talking about a scenario where you're having, you know, a duelist slash opera hard carrying. I'm talking more about like, you know, what you envision your team ideally looking like after having some level of success before. Because like, yes, obviously Marv stepped up big time, but like Optic wouldn't have gotten to that point if not for some of Ye's huge games, even if Marv was the one who came through there more. So like, I, I guess Ye is a disproportionate amount of Optic success in a way that no player on FPX or, or certainly not a duelist slash opera on FPX or PRX is a huge portion of their team success. Yeah, it's, I think it's more like when you think about a team. When you think about Optic, you think yeah. about Ye. Ye is like the quintessential part of Optic. Now, yes. you, you can obviously debate like how much every other player on Optic has to do with their victory, right? And all these other teams. Like, obviously, every single player plays a huge role throughout their tournament run. But 
like Ye is just such a, like you expect him to be top fragging, right? Same with tens with yeah. Sentinels, um, yeah, and same with CNED for Ascend, right? Like right. Th- those are the three that Hunter brought up that are yeah. like okay, these are the quintessential player, the duelist opper that quote unquote carried them, but you know maybe they didn't carry them, but that's still what you think about when you're thinking about mm-hmm. their victory and their run, right? Whereas you know for the point of Gambit or for the point of PRX, FPX, there's not a single standout character or like player from those teams. Particularly someone who's a duelist or opper. And I, the reason why I added that qualification is because, you know, like Shao and Sugetsu are obviously incredible players, but they're not going to be like consistently MVPing, particularly even Sugetsu, even though he did actually have some MVPs just because of the agents they play. Or if they do, it's really them playing just so stupidly well aim-wise that, you know, they're getting it despite their agent's utility, not, like, because of it, I guess, if that makes sense. So that's why I was, that's why I was sort of, you know, qualifying that a little bit more. Because I, I feel like if Sujetsu didn't have as good of a team around him, he wouldn't be performing as well which sounds dumb because that's true for literally any player but like i feel like it's it's much harder as a support player to pop off if your team isn't really playing around you well whereas tens has had plenty of pop-off games where sentinels have lost and looked pretty shitty uh but he still does well individually himself and i i think that leads into what i was going to say to to fight back against you on your your qualification to cned for ascent because mm-hmm. I feel like one thing that Ascend did probably to the greatest effect of any team um, is they supported like like they and like I, I guess you could look at phase or like maybe pre LCQ phase and just be like, hey, there's there's a star player on our roster. Let's do everything we can to put him into the right spot at the right time. And I feel like Ascend did that to a T. Yeah. Like they the rest of their team was like the the whole team around around CNET was incredibly selfless and just just created scenarios for CNED to succeed in. And yes, he he took an inch and turned it into a mile, but they they put all their limited utility and limited econ in a bunch of rounds and we're just like, hey, CNED, we we can get you an op. And we can get you the necessary utility to put you in the right spot. But it's gonna hamper the rest of our team in terms of our buy, and we're gonna do it anyway. And we're just yeah. gonna try to get you in this into a scenario where you can get one or two, we can maybe retrieve those guns, and we can turn this into a round win. Um, and I feel like they ascend as a team did that probably better than anyone else I have ever seen in just setting up an individual player. Yeah, Cass, you, you mentioning that, first of all, I wholeheartedly agree. And perhaps that may actually be a better, a better way to reword my initial point, which is that I'm seeing a shift away from teams setting up their star player for success and more teams where there isn't one star player that everyone else is playing around on the team 
And there's a lot more equal contribution or at least several players who are able to deliver impact in less traditional ways. Um, and so I guess, you know, beyond discussing the specifics like we've been doing, like, what do you, do you think that's a positive trend? Personally, I definitely do. Um, or do you, or do you prefer seeing a star player who the team is like supporting really well? I mean, that's, that's tough because I don't know if I see it as positive or negative. I'm trying to think mm -hmm. about what gives you the most entertaining games and seeing somebody pop off, I think gives you a very entertaining game. Um, but there are all obviously a bunch of other ways you can get an entertaining game. Like if everybody is yeah. doing extremely well and you have a, um, you know, you have a really close game where everybody is performing and everybody is making clutches and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that can be really entertaining as well. But I mean, really, I don't see this as like a trend yet. I don't know if you can call it it's a trend. It's too early to call it a trend. It's way yeah. too early. There have been five international tournaments. And yeah, in yeah. the way that you broke it down, it's currently 3-2. Right? It's three teams yeah, have won. PX. Yeah, yeah. Three teams have won with this star duelist opper. And two have won, like, without. Well, the, the one thing as well is I'm also looking at... I didn't go back and look through every, every one. But if you look at... Gambit's win, they faced Envy in the grand finals before they were known as Optic, who obviously was built around Ye. So, like, this is the first time I this is the first time in the grand finals both teams were of the same philosophy where they weren't supporting a star player but had multiple star players or you know more of a team based mindset. So, yeah. so that's where I see it as kind of a new thing. But calling, I think that calling Paper X part of this group that's not that like not the star duelist offer yeah, yeah. is a bit of a misnomer because paper X is so unique and because that they have, they mm -hmm. have two players because of their play style who you they would have, count in that category. Yeah. They like, have both a star offer and a star duelist. They just happen to not be the same player. Exactly. They're not the same player and they both pop off. So having forsaken and Jing, like I would almost yeah. consider them, more of the same category as the optic ascend um like sentinels realm well i i can see why you're saying that but i think the big difference is that if you look at cned tens or yay all of them have relatively limited agent pools because they're trying to get the op online they're doing a specific thing in general even if there are a couple maps where they mix that up whereas like forsaken isn't even always the one to play chamber on prx so, like, basically, instead of it being like, okay, well, Forsaken, you're good at opping, so let's support you in doing that. It's like, let's see what is best in terms of our team comp and teams of our skills map by map. And that might hugely change how you play and push you way outside your comfort zone and, you know, put someone else on the op. And that is just, they accept that. The players clearly are good with that. Yeah, I just don't see the op itself being so essential to to the team. I think that it's more having a star player. And it happens that those few teams that you mentioned, their star player is a an opper. Mm. Right? Primarily. Well, this is a bit of a chicken or the egg situation, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is a bit of a chicken or yeah. the egg. I, I don't know if it's the opper per, per se or the uh or the like player themselves. I it, know. 
I don't know, but I, I would consider like Forsaken and Jing in that same category. It's just that because of the way that PRX plays, they like have two extremely aggressive like star duelists. So so on the one hand that that is obviously true to an extent, but then they also have Mind Freak, who is one of the best controllers in the world, like top five easily. And then uh Devi isn't bad and Venkai isn't bad either. Like those two are less exciting, but you know, I, I they have obviously they have two star duelists, but then they also have a, a star controller as well. Sure, and Optic has so, FNS and Marved and Victor, right? Like that's right. like you can say the same about any of these teams. Well, yeah, well I mean, yes, but like my point is that you can you you look to those other roles on Optic, like you said earlier, after you look to Yay. Whereas, like, there's not one person that you're like, oh, well, PRX is setting up this person, but then, okay, well, I guess you could fall back to these other people who are all right as well. Like, legitimately through their run to grand finals, it, it the Forsaken was probably had the weakest tournament of the three, but, I mean, you could you could make a case for Forsaken, Jing, and Mind Freak as all being the best player on PRX, and that's, like, how close it was. Okay. There, there are a couple things that I'd, I'd like to get your opinion on before we really get through yeah. the rest of uh, what Hunter's saying here. But, like, first of all, do you guys know the term glue guy? Glue guy? Yeah. I don't think I do, no. I don't know. Is it a guy who likes to huff glue? No. Like, so, like, the glue, the glue guy is, like, a guy you have on your team that, like, might skill-wise not be up to up to snuff but like it just holds the team together right he's he's yeah. the heart and soul of the team and this is a guy that makes your team work despite him not being the best skilled person or providing more to the team from like a a technical perspective and it's more of like th- this is th- this is a guy that like like creates the the right the right vibe the right mental um he, yeah you could you could argue that was hiko with 100 thieves like that's the first thing that comes to mind for me like he was not really typically spectacular with his kills but it was right. his like veteran presence and his clutch potential that okay. really helped anger the team a bit so question is on any of these victory teams would you say there's a glue guy I mean, the first thing that pops into mind is just the IGL, but I don't know if that's in your I feel like that doesn't glue guy because they're count. coming up with the strats and mid yeah. like mid rounding and all of that. So I don't think that that counts. Yeah, I feel like an IGL in and of itself doesn't count. Now, if your IGL happens to be also a glue guy, then there's something to be said there. But I feel like, but I think that being by a glue guy is different than being than being an IGL. Well, I think the sole fact that you're an IGL makes you not the glue guy by your definition. Which is very fair. I'm saying you could be a shit IGL on a team with a bunch of superstars and be the glue guy. (laughs) Shazam. Oh. Carries you to victory. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Like, do do you think any of these winning teams had a glue guy? I, like, um, I do think this feeds into the discussion here. Yeah, because it's a lot easier to have a glue guy who doesn't necessarily perform all that well 
if you do have a star player. Yeah, but everybody's kind of got to pop off to win a tournament at some point, you know? That's what I'm saying. Like, like I, th- this was the second thing I was going to get into here. Is Oh, I see where you're going. Okay. Everybody needs to have their clutch, their moment, right? Like, if you go back and you watch um, the, the FPX, okay, I guess for, to put this into Hunter's perspective, um, the last superstar team to win being Optic. Right. If you go back and you watch that run, yeah, I guarantee you every single player on that team had a moment in which they just put the team in their backpack. Be it for one round, be it for, for three rounds, be it for a, a half, a map, whatever that may be. There was a moment in which somebody or every single person on their team throughout some point in that tournament stepped the fuck up. Well, I mean, I, I feel like what you're describing is just basically for any sport, like a, you know, a, a good championship run where you aren't just completely dominating. Because if you're completely dominating, you don't necessarily need that from every player. But in, in any competitive situation, yeah. And I, sure, I think well, that I most mean, of these tournaments have been extremely competitive. So everybody has had to have their moments. Yeah. yeah. So like, I, I feel like because of the lack of room in a roster for a glue guy, you see... Or like I feel like it, it, it is, it, it it it's probably just our perception of the roster being superstar and friends. Yeah, it's definitely a perception thing. But also, I feel like if you're going to win a tournament, I don't. This is another chicken or the egg, where it's like, could you have had a glue guy if they didn't win? Yes, but because like the only way to win was to not have one. Right. So like that, that's, that's just what it is. Right. Like say, you know, somebody didn't pop off on the team, they don't win the tournament. Then you're gonna be like, Oh, fucking glue guy. But you know, if they have their couple of clutches, they win those close games, they win the tournament. You're gonna be like, Oh, everybody had the clutch. Right. Like that. I, I don't see the differentiation here. Right. I think that winning a tournament just requires all of your players to perform for the most part. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree. Um, so our sample size we, is just yeah. small, right? Like the sample size is very small. Yeah, we've we've talked around a couple different angles of like you know what we can really conclude based on the data we have and a couple different ways to look at it. I like the glue guy thing that you're saying, uh, Cass. But maybe I'll like take a step back a little bit and talk about why I wanted to bring this up in the first place, which is that uh, this is going to be an extremely hot take right here. But I found watching uh, Masters, uh, the most recent Masters, was incredibly enjoyable and some of the best Valorant I had seen. I know most people said it was a real snooze fest and wasn't worth tuning into, but, you know, I'm one of the intellectuals who was able to appreciate it. Um, As long as there was no game involving FPX. (laughs) I, I... Okay, this is where we actually do differ. Uh, In case anyone... didn't watch the games most people agreed that it was a really good series uh well not series really good tournament um chase and i found well chase and i both agree that fpx plays a lot more i guess uh like sticking to the meta of valorant yeah yeah they play a very meta strategies 
What? They're quintessential Europe. Yeah. You're EU. They are EU. Yeah, yeah. Like Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Um It's boring. Their pop off players are not the star opera or duelist. And they just all do well and they do the right things at the right times and it's fucking It's it's fucking good Valorant. It's good Valorant, but it's just unexpected. Yeah, it's like what what we were saying before is like it's really like you can really appreciate the Valorant that they play because you're like fuck that was well thought out and extremely well executed. Yeah, like, yeah. You you know the the optimal way to win a game of Valorant is to never take a fair gunfight. You know what is not exciting? Never taking fair gunfights. It's 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 just yeah. less cool, right? And I'm not going to disregard the fact that they played phenomenally as a team. And sure, some of their players had some pop off moments. Yeah, and as but, of right now, they're the best team in the world, and yeah. I completely agree with that. Like they played yeah. incredible Valorant throughout their run, and they absolutely deserve to win the tournament. But fuck, it would have been cool if someone who didn't play optimally won. You know. Yeah. It's like it's 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 meta, it's effective, but it's boring. And and here's the thing, I think the fact that we're having this conversation goes to show how much, you know, how team oriented both well FBX in particular and also PRX were that, you know, we weren't saying, "Oh, well, you know, it doesn't really matter that much what the strategy of FBX was besides the fact that it was decent because they were just leaning heavily on X player." Uh, it's it's like you guys are saying a team a team effort, and then with PRX it was also a team effort. Just instead of the very cautious, methodical meta approach, it was very chaotic, but also smartly chaotic. It wasn't just like twenty twenty one phase where it's like, well, we're just gonna throw a bunch of heat in their face, and then either they'll be overwhelmed or they'll hard counter us, and then we'll just lose epically. F- fuck, do I love twenty twenty one phase? Oh, yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. I like 2021 phase, but I like PRX even more because I love the the combination of the, okay, well, let's actually put a little thought into this of how we can make this work, even if they're somewhat ready for it. Forsaken on the Yoru is a little brain dead. What are you talking Specifically about? Specifically on Breeze. Intellectual agents. Like, like he, went, he went for some, some pretty brain dead plays there. Now, oh, 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 yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant him picking your brain dead. Yes, I, no, I get no, no, what no. you're saying. He went for some pretty brain dead plays there. Now, I have hindsight, and I also have wall hacks when I'm watching. Yeah. Right, which obviously he doesn't have. But they, they, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tote them to be the, the. Mm, we just W key, but like we W key smartly, you know, it's like, well, definitely some brain well no, but they, ha- they, they have yeah. planned how to subvert expectations, right? Like yes. that's what you can see a lot is that their plans, like everything is very well planned out for PRX, but their plans do not involve a default to a, let's figure out the information, get the best read on where the enemies are and then execute based on that information. Yeah, on defense, their plan doesn't even involve let's, you know, see where the offense is going and then react to that on most rounds. In most rounds, it's let's take space somewhere and they have a bunch of different ways to do that and then go from there. 
Yeah, and so the, it Which is, is really planned cool. out, but it's extremely aggressive. Yeah. And fucking fun to watch, right? Like, because it's com- it's subverting expectations at every turn. Like, that is their plan, is whatever you think that we should be doing, that's not what we're going to be doing. Yeah. No, okay. T- taking what Chase is already just saying, I, that's something that, because I've been playing a lot more Jet lately, um, in in ranked games, I've I've decided I really enjoy doing. It's let's take a portion of the map, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask somebody to come with me, right? Either just trade me, maybe you got some utility to help me push out, and let's just take something, and then yeah. after we take that, then we can push up, and now that. Okay, obviously, I, I also have very limited sample size, but, like, in the games that I've played since the Chamber nerf, which, admittedly, is only, like, five, I've only seen one Chamber on the other team. Ooh. Not, not, a, lot of, not a lot of Chamber going around since the nerf here. And Cypher is obviously fucked. Cypher's been fucked for a while, so. Um, we, basically, we played a game with a Chamber and a Cypher. Yeah, yeah, we did. That's the one game I'm talking about. <laughs> now, outside of that one game, flank potential, all-time high. Stonks are rising. <laughs> oh, yeah. Invest in flank futures right now. You, let me tell you, dude. The, the number of matches that I've gotten into in the last two days, it's been like four of them, but hey. Yep. Not, not a lot of flank watch utility going around. Just saying. Now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Five Head Money, your uh, show for Valorant investing. Uh, we're currently advising uh, heavy option plays on Killjoy being the quintessential flanker, as we think that she'll be very powerful currently. So, yeah. Uh, Five Head Money and... is the greatest podcast name <laughs> for a Gen Z stock podcast. <laughs> Like that is brilliant, and I hope that somebody in our audience steals that and makes a podcast about yes, it. Yes, please do, please do. Because the thing is, I was thinking of Mad Money being like the standard show by Kramer or whatever. Like that's the quintessential like actual investing show. I was like, what's the Valorant version of Mad Money? You breaking the fourth wall right now? This is very like our Wall Street bets. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I am a subscriber to that subreddit, so yeah. Oh, that explains a lot. Yeah. yeah. It kind of does, though. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the most brain-dead subreddit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, basically, what I'm saying is, I really like the whole PRX idea of, hey, fuck you. You can't be here off barrier drop. Mm-hmm. And if you are here off barrier drop, you're going to get the long dick of the law. And if you're not here off barrier drop, you might get a future long dick of the law. Um, like it, like, but basically, it's coming, and I love that mentality. You're saying the long dick is coming. Yeah, yeah. Long I was the only one to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's the PRX strat right there. Hey, but yeah, okay. I, I mean, I get it. Yeah, flank, flank stocks are up, but I mean. Yeah. Ch- Overall, the the chamber nerfs. Uh, chamber is still going to be. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. I played, yeah, like, dude, come on. I I played a couple map matches on chambers since the nerf. Honestly, 
he's the fucking same. Now, I'm not fucking yay with a headhunter, so I don't go into a save round and be like, oh, yeah, let me just get five headhunter bullets, and then I can just fucking willy-nilly just get an Yeah. Just, like, wipe my ass and call it a day, just flush it down. Um, I'm not that good. <laughs> but, like, that potential might be off the table. The rest of Chamber's potential still exists. I can't be sitting in Narnia when I'm trying to take a fight. Fine. I'll be yeah. somewhere on this earth in Vietnam. That's okay. Like, you can still play off angles. You can still kind of be in the middle of nowhere. It's just not way the fuck out in the middle of nowhere. And you got to be a little more conscious of where you place your TPs. But like, Chamber's still disgustingly good. They didn't really drastically affect what made him wow three days him. has done a lot hasn't it jesus christ <laughs> yeah <laughs> three days like, ago I... cast was like chambers dead i'm gonna be playing only jet this is fucking insane <laughs> every nerf that they put in is yeah, too that's much really wild right like imagine like yeah. for you guys this has been a week right for listeners this has been a week right, and you're right. like okay like i can see this opinion developing this has been like 36 hours yeah and how you said you played like what like four games gas <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, the, the things that I thought would drastically affect me. Now, admittedly, yeah. I haven't played Breeze since this change has happened, and I think that's one of the maps in which Chamber got dinked the hardest on. Mm-hmm. But... I but Chamber's also Jet. really good on this map, so there's a lot yeah, of, like, headroom yeah, yeah, yeah. there. Sure, sure, sure. And also, I prefer to play Jet on that map anyway, because I don't like the way Chamber plays on Breeze, but oh, a whole separate argument. Um... I feel like, for the most part, the nerfs have not affected me in a grandiose way in which I thought. Whereas, you know, if we take if we take pre-nerf jet to post-nerf jet, that has definitely affected the way I play. Yeah, yeah. Um, to the point where, like, especially when there's a chamber on the team, I will gladly relinquish the op on defense if I feel like it's not the kind of scenario that requires a double op setup. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, if you're playing chamber, like, hey, you take the op. Pre-nerf jet? Never doing that. Like, I'm never winning a round on defense, grabbing an op, and then tossing it out in spawn for oh, yeah. for somebody else. Like, pre-nerf jet, that's never happened. Like, I'm going to fucking keep that shit. But, like, I don't know. Chase is right. It's only been a mere 36 hours, give or take. Oh, prob- probably, hey, probably. Well, cast. 36 well, is short. But it, it's been, 36 it's, is short. It's been it's a couple been days. Somewhere between 36 and 72 hours. Yeah. Well, but, cast, you're, you're just talking about agent selection. Go, sorry, go ahead. Were you going to say something else? No, no, no. I, I was really just going to say, I feel like, you know, I, I myself included, we collectively as a whole, as the, the chamber mains, I, I speak for the people here. I don't, but like I'm gonna say I do. Um we overestimated how much this nerf would affect him. And I think it's like I think it's very minuscule. Interesting. Cast the Lorax of Chambers. Now, Hunter, you said there was a part two, is that what you're about to launch into? 
Indeed, indeed. Yeah. And Let's Cass kind of segued into it very nicely, which is um let's let's suppose that uh you know you uh wake up one morning this is each of you uh Cass and Chase imagining this you wake up one morning and all of a sudden you find that your aim in Valorant has suddenly increased to the level where now you know you have like average pro aim and you can of course develop it further from there um don't know what you ate the night before or what you ate for breakfast that morning, but all of a sudden you just have it. And yeah, you sometimes that happens. You very quickly climbed a radiant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you very quickly climbed a radiant. You get a bunch of double rank ups and stuff. Yeah. The point is, now pro teams are knocking on your door. They're trying to sign you. What role, if you were a pro, would you like to play on a team? IGL, not IGL, you know, the same role you currently play like smokes for you, smoke slash uh, flex for you, Chase, it'd be op for cast. What would you guys imagine as being your dream role on a pro team? Now, assuming I get a sponsor and they buy me a mouse pad, so actually, you know, have a mouse pad. You need a, you need uh, a sponsor include for in the, the scenario. mouse pad? <laughs> Cass, included the scenario that you fix your fucking setup. Cass gets a massive signing bonus and he really splurges on a mouse pad. Oh yeah. <laughs> he spends the twenty dollars it takes to get a mouse pad. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, if any of you listeners wanna wanna sponsor me and buy me a mouse pad, feel free to. Well, um, I mean I feel like the cast move would be like to, to come back on podcast and be like, Yeah, you know, I went out and spent a hundred and fifty dollars plus on like this limited edition like nineties mouse pad that like doesn't really work, but it's like the best. Trust me on this one. Yeah, <laughs> like, the one that like wirelessly charges my mouse. But fuck, the surface is really bad for FPS games. I'm like, it's skipping all the time. The mouse yeah. it was designed for. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have a hey. wired mouse, but at least <laughs> at least it works. Hey, hey, it charges my phone when I set my phone down on the mouse pad. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Yep. Basically, you buy me yeah. that mouse pad. Mm-hmm. I'm a op. Like, let's be honest here. Wow, it's shocker, just, shocker. It, yeah, it, it's just it's the coolest thing to do on a team. You like, like mm-hmm. I, I want to be the jet. I want to be the chamber. It's the agent I happen to Got play. It. Yes, but like, there's a reason I play that agent. It's because that's the role that I want to play. I like, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but like, I play ranked to play the way that I want to play. And I will admit there are times that I get into certain lobbies and my aim's not feeling hot. And I'm like, eh, I feel a little bit coy about the whole, oh, well, like, you know, Jet and Chamber is supposed to have really good aim. And my aim's not feeling all that great right now. And then I think about it, I'm like, well, what do I do? Do I smokes? Like, fuck no, I'm not playing smokes. Like, Yeah, fuck smokes. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to play a jet or a chamber, and you know what? Say they nerf both of those agents into oblivion, mm-hmm. so that like you can't do the whole op and get the fuck out. And then say they buff the op so that it's still a viable weapon, even though you can't fuck off. Back on this fucking propaganda. We're not the propaganda is not the point of this conversation here. The Except point for is, the fact that you just brought it up, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> point is I would 
decide the method in which I want to play the game based on whatever the meta is and then be like, this is what I want to do for a pro team. I'm not like, like basically what I'm trying to get here is I'm not like in an ideal situation in which I just all of a sudden have God tier aim. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to sacrifice what it is that like I enjoy doing in this game to like suit a pro team. It's like, I, I enjoy opping, right? And yeah. like, and Hunter can attest to this, across all FPSs, I like my sniper rifles. And mm-hmm. I... You like pistols better in Borderlands than sniper that rifles. That is true. I like my pistols, and I like my high damage, or like, yeah, I like my sniper rifles, like my high damage single shot pistols, because I think they're cool. I love mm-hmm. me a hand cannon. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I, I love me a hand cannon more than anything. But yeah, actually, Cass, that's Destiny as well. I feel like you're more of a hand cannon than a sniper oh, dude, guy, dude, dude, dude. Honest, I, I love me a hand cannon. He's yeah, a, he's yeah. a pocket opper. Yes, yeah. yes, pocket op rather than true op. Like, like let, let, let's face it, I'm not good enough to go into a Valorant game with just a sheriff. Like, like let, let's be honest here. Also, a sheriff isn't really a hand cannon in the same way that Borderlands and Destiny hand cannons are a thing. I mean, even in Borderlands and Destiny, you still got to hit the head. I guess if right. I'm, like, in the context of Borderlands, I play a character who can crit not on the head, so, like, sure. Whack for but, anyone like, who actually plays Borderlands. Basically, yeah. I I like me my hand cannons, and I like me my sniper rifles, and the hand cannon isn't viable from a pro perspective, so it's going to have to be the sniper. And in that mm-hmm. context, however the meta shifts, I would, I would want an op in my hand. Yeah, no, makes sense. Like, it's just Cass's play style, right? You like taking duels, yeah, and you like to peek off barrier drop. You like to be aggressive. You like to play off angles. Like, it's not just the characters that you're playing. If you were playing fucking Killjoy, you'd do the same shit, and it would be a terrible way to play Killjoy. So I'm glad that you're playing Jet and Chamber because they actually incentivize those kind of plays. But you'd still be doing them no matter who the fuck you're playing. So I think that that's a fair assumption that if you were to be on a pro team, that's who you would play that that role. Um, yeah, I'm definitely very different than that. Um, mm-hmm. Now I was thinking about it because I I had a little bit of time there, and if I woke up and I had just fucking sick aim all of a sudden i'd probably go into the initiator role now i already play Mm, initiators like i play sova but like not even that i'd probably play some more fucking ko um oh yeah just because i think that that really suits the way that i like to play the game Mm -hmm. right which is being able to set up my team for plays but then yeah. have, like, really good clutch potential and, like, the utility to support myself if I need to. Uh, or be aggressive if I need to. Right? I think it's the most flexible uh, role that you can play. And mm. I really like that Just style. flex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, hence the name flex. But <laughs> right. In, right now, it's yeah, like yeah. we're in an initiator meta specifically where yeah. some teams right now are playing triple initiator comps. Right? Like, but I I would play definitely that like KO Sky Sova 
initiator i mean fade i've been liking fade a lot um where i can be aggressive if i need to but i can also like take a step back be like the second third on the site and set up my team for really good plays um i like playing valorant like that but my aim is not at that level so i really like brim where i can if i'm not totally feeling it i can sit back and you know do my thing know that i'm going to execute like my role properly and well um but mm-hmm. not necessarily have to take those duels so i i mean i i think that i i'd appreciate the flexibility of the initiator role to to do either of those that makes a lot of sense uh my line of thinking on how i would do it is much more similar to yours chase in terms of um you know figuring out how to support the team while also having you know, some pop-off potential being nice. Um, I, I've kind of taken this step further in my own head to where in ranked play, I have really moved away from the more passive agents, in particular Viper on any map that's not Breeze and Killjoy at all, even though I have have I have a lot of hours on Killjoy. Um, for the reason that it's incredibly frustrating in a ranked game when your duelists aren't doing jack, and you're there with Killjoy with the spike, just your whole team dying, and then you're in a 1v4 clutch. Or, you know, maybe Chase is playing Sova, and it's me and Chase in a 2v5. Um, you know, like, that's just... It's just a bad feeling. And I do enjoy playing a duelist or or an aggressive initiator like KO. So, um, you know, I've really moved away from those more passive roles. But on a pro team where, you know, if I was in a competent org... Hopefully I wouldn't be, you know, hopefully there'd be someone who is actually a somewhat decent duelist slash aggressive initiator. I was thinking that I might kind of flip things a little bit because at that level, you know, and when ranked when we're just having fun, I feel like I want to make sure I can have maximum impact by playing someone who can get big kills. But at the pro level, I feel like I'm not sure how well I would do with the stress of you know, being that first person into sight and having those high pressure duels. Um, and so I, I think I might lean a lot more towards like smokes slash killjoy. Um, it could do cypher, even though I hate cypher, but like that kind of a more like purely support role, because if I can trust the rest of my team to do their jobs, I really do enjoy playing those roles. I, I think that's really interesting. Cause I feel like, out of the three of us, you're probably the best raw entry. Hmm. Interesting. Well, thank you. Like, I I feel like you're, regardless of success, and I feel like this just kind of happens to be the nature of the entry role. Mm-hmm. Some days you're going to, some days you're going to do well, some days you're not going to do so hot. Not so much, yeah. But like, that, that's, again, just the nature of the role, right? Like, your job is to dive in, and do what you can. And I feel like when it comes to that, like there, there are a number of rounds that as a chamber, I'm working on the other half of the map being like, Hey, like we don't have a lot to work with this round. Like maybe I can get a pick or two. Maybe we can turn this into a, uh, a recovered rifle or something. Uh, yeah. and then I'll just see the kill feed just light up stinger kill, stinger kill. <laughs> well, thank and you. Then, thank and then you. we get the site, right? Like, <laughs> you know, I I I feel like I, yeah. Given the way in which we play, I feel like you're actually really solid on the on the entry role. 
Um, and you do typically, when you play that more entry style, and yeah. a lot with considerably more deaths than than some of the rest of us. And Absolutely. That's, that's yeah. your job. Your job mm-hmm. is to go in and die and get as much as you can for your death. Oh, yeah. Like you, do a, you do a good job of that. So I, I'm surprised to see you say that you'd rather pick a more supportive sit backy kind of role. Yeah. Well, you know, as you're as you're saying that, Cass, I'm realizing that part of it too does depend on the specific dynamics of the team. Because aside from the fact that I don't really opt that much, I really wouldn't want to be in the position of having to be the yay or the tens of a team. Where like I have to pop off or in general I need to pop off hard more often than not for the team to be able to do well and that's obviously much more true with tens than yay but still to an extent you know yay is a key part of optic success versus like being one of uh forsaken and jing i mean that would be super cool like i would be very down to be like, one of those but crashies um, is often entry yeah for optic right or not crashy, sorry. I was Victor. like, what? Victor <laughs> like, oh. is often entry yeah, yeah. for Optic. Yeah. Yeah, right? in that like, role, that, that I could do a Victor role for sure. Like, that one would be a one the, I could Like, enjoy. his job is to go in and do what he can. Yeah. And you, exactly, like, you see that reflected in, in the stats. He has maps in which he's absolutely dominant in. And then he's got maps in which he's not doing so hot in. And again, yeah. that's the that's the bipolar nature of playing entry, but right, right. nonetheless, it's like you you see Victor playing entry for Optic, and it, it kind of falls into exactly the the team comp you're talking about in terms of you you would rather have somebody else be the you know the star, the big backpacker, mm-hmm. um, hiking hiking through the Himalayas with a. <laughs> 80 pound uh, or 80 liter sack on his back. Um, oh yeah. It, it, you know, it, but like, nonetheless, I feel like I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I, I'm very surprised to see you say that you would rather in an ideal situation, in which your aim just all of a sudden became God tier or not even God tier, just like, you know, top tier. Yeah. That you would, yeah, yeah. that you'd rather play that more supportive role. See, I, I think that Hunter approached it in a different way that I found was interesting which is we were both saying we were mo- both focusing more on okay our aim became good now what do we play right mm-hmm. whereas hunter went went about it as saying okay now i'm in a place where everybody's aim is good right right <laughs> right yeah. and so mm-hmm. now that i can trust my teammates to have good aim and i can trust the plays that they're making where do I see myself slotting in? Which I think is a really interesting way to interpret that. Um, obviously, it's Hunter's topic. He had a little bit more time thinking about this. Right, but right. Yeah. Like, I think it's funny that, Cass, you and I both went to, fuck yeah, our aim is sick now. Whereas <laughs> no, 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 you can no, no, also no. see it as, well, but everybody else's aim is sick too. Yeah. I mean, right? I, like, uh, like, I definitely see what you're saying there, Chase, but like, I went to it as a, I'm on a pro team. What the fuck do I want to do? Yeah, I mean, and I see that, but but also, you you see what no, I'm, no, what no, I'm no, talking like, about I, here. I fully, I fully yeah, yeah. understand what you're talking about. It's now that everybody's fucking sick. 
and I can coordinate with my team. And if I wanted to, I could actually play Astra to a decent effect. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because because right. you can have your own strategies yeah, and whatever, exactly. play your own game, and they're yeah. still able to execute without you. Which and, and fuck, right. I know we brought this up on on the podcast before, but I want to bring it up again because I think it was so big brained. Whoever the fuck was playing against Phase when this happened, all I know is Phase was attacking, but they swapped which sites the the fucking Viper and the Cipher were on. Set the utilities up on the other site. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was yeah. that was sick. I like. Like, when you have that level of coordination, mm-hmm. like, like yeah, I can see what you're saying. Is like, hey, I want to I be a part of this, like, theoretical puzzle. Or not, yeah. not theoretical, but, like, this, this, like, this mental warfare that we're undergoing. And, like, I, I completely understand that. Of being like, hey, yeah. I want to be one of the, one of the people who can, like engage in this so-called psychological warfare in which we're like you know we're trying to get big brain with each other we're trying to outsmart each other we're trying to like create traps and uh i mean hell yeah but but also fuck being an igl that's the one role on a team i really do not oh yeah we haven't discussed that too much i really hate igling i okay so that's an interesting thing because like I don't dislike the the whole concept of like okay. I think there's a difference between in game or well okay, I guess IGL was literally in game later. But then And like strategist. I mean, yeah, I think there's a difference there. Right? When like yeah. you've got someone in the back lines who's coming up with your your general thought process for how how do we as a team want to approach this map against another team and this is what the other team likes to do and this is what we feel like our strengths are and our weaknesses are and how do we want to approach this that's not me but mm-hmm. when it comes to making decisions during the game i feel like i I'm more more okay with that. And now part of that has a lot to do with cockiness. Because I feel like my decisions are the right decisions. But that aside, like I I know there are some teams that do this whole um I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I know there are teams that have tried out the whole uh we're gonna have like an IGL that calls on offense versus calls on defense. Or we're gonna have an IGL that calls the the strat pre round, but then mid round, this is our IGL and it's a separate player, and that's more the one that I'm getting at. I I feel like I like making mid round calls, and a whole lot of that comes to do with the fact that if it doesn't work out, I can own up to that. Right? It's like, hey, I I thought this would work, it didn't work. You know? Oops. Yep. Yeah. It's funny because I'm, I'm quite the opposite because I would love to be a part of the external, okay, how do we map this out? Like, let's think of some strategies, figure out where everybody's best playing, coming up with like the basic strategy shit. But then as soon as I'm in the game, I want to focus on what I'm doing and somebody else tells me what the fuck to do. Like if, if we're rotating, mm-hmm. if we are attacking A site, B site, you tell me that, and I will do my thing. 
yeah. in in game. But outside of the game, fuck yeah, you know, like when we're attacking a site, I'll say here's the strategy for this, here's the strategy for for this. Uh, but in, in game, like somebody else make the call. I'm gonna do my shit. That's really. I am so sorry. Uh, first of all, I, I think that's really interesting, Chase. I was paying attention to the fact that you're inverting Cass's thing of preferring the like pre-game prep to the in-game calls. And I, I feel like you'd be good at that. But I just realized we need to talk about something in, in like 30 seconds just because it's so important. And I can't believe none of us has brought it up. This is the first podcast ever in Drug Valorant history where we are all in gold. Holy shit! We are. We are. Yeah, Hunter. Actually, sorry. Um, bullshit. Hunter, fuck off. I have to cut that out. Actually, bullshit. Fuck you. No, no fucking chance. So go, go fuck yourself. Just enjoy the moment. (laughs) There's no way. Are you actually in silver? There's no. Yes. No. Okay. No. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> but just yeah, my to... internet cut out for a second. The internet was too excited by that announcement. Yeah. But I'm just saying that I uh, okay. disagreed yeah. that there's no way Cast uh, is over. Yeah. I mean, I mean Cast could be like, "Oh no, I promoted the plat. What are you talking?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be funny. Yeah. That would actually be really fucking cool if I could do that, but I can't. Yeah, it's really uh, exciting because there's been so many times we've been close to this, and it just never has worked out. So it's really neat that we actually did it. I just wait, felt wait, like wait, wait. When, when I was too excited. You, when the fuck did you shenanigans? Like, who the fuck did you pay? Me. Like, I boosted him. Oh, Jason and I actually had to kind of carry last night when we had two of the most annoying teammates I have ever had. Yeah, like actually, and we barely sweated it out to win. Yeah, yo, like there was this one guy who was a kid who was like literally like nine, who was just confidently making the weirdest like strategical calls. Which we weren't listening to, but he was constantly making them. He was like, yo, you know, we're on Haven. The The key strat here is to play post-plan on B. Just get spiked out and play post-plan on B. It's, it's the way to win. He had, like, constant fucking comms. Like, this dude was talking you know, nonstop. Actually, though, post-plan, post-plan B in a ranked game? Not not a terrible idea. It was a bad idea. Believe me, That's it was a bad idea. That's gotta be statistically <laughs> one of the worst post-plan sites of, like, any... I mean, like, oh, I, whoa, 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 Don't get me wrong. In, like, an actual <clears throat> pro meta, yeah, sure. In ranked? I feel like it goes. Uh, no, here, feel, it, it no, didn't go no. here. It, it really I, didn't. I'm not, saying, um, I'm not saying your particular scenario made it go and or not go. I'm just saying I feel like as a general yeah. problem, it goes more than other circumstances. Okay, but this kid was calming, like, nonstop, right? The bottom left had a permanent omen fixture, right, yes, a, on our screen, yes. right? And it was weird when there was not an omen talking. And Oh, yeah. The uh, the jet on our team, who was popping off, so we'll give him that, right? Reasonably. They, they were at their ups and downs. Originally had said, hey, like, there's, there's too much comms. I'm going to mute everybody. Right, and we're like, all right, this mm-hmm. dude's popping off. Like, I, I don't really get it. Fuck it, whatever. And obviously, he yeah. unmuted us at some point, um, and then started giving a shit for for overcoming. Except he had some sort of camaraderie with this omen, who was the only one actually talking constantly, and was yeah. instead mad at Hunter and I for for actually giving callouts. <laughs> 
which I was like so confused and getting really tilted at the fact that this dude kept telling like, hey, you, you got to stop at the overcoms. And every time we give like a, a decent calm, which was every time we would talk, um, yeah. he'd be like, yeah, that's what I need to hear. I'm like, fuck you, it's what we've been doing the entire game. <laughs> like, the only person that's over-talking is the Omen. Um, yeah, I kind of read that as him being passive-aggressive towards the Omen. Like, hey. I thought know, so, like, but then a... the thing is, you think, okay, like, this dude's, like, an older guy. Like, you know, whatever. He, he's pissed off. He's in the same boat as us. But uh, yeah, he had very similar commonalities to this Omen in which every yeah. time something happened they would like that was pretty typical to happen they both had the same reaction which was mm -hmm. come on comms and talk about how unbelievable this thing that happened was yes right yes a, a very typical thing like why the fuck did they clear that angle and it would be like hell on a site it was yes it was quite literally hell they're like how did they know i was there <laughs> you guys are talking about ascent right no, no, Haven, no, Haven, uh, Haven, hell on no, a site. Oh, oh, on Haven. Someone just cleared it and shot them. They're like, what? How did, why did they check that? I'm like, because it, it's fucking hell. It's a common angle. Like, what, yeah. what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. So this was, this was not the only example. Like every, every round, there would be some example of a very typical thing to happen and them being extremely surprised that the other team would do it. Um, Yeah. Anyway, this was a very big tangent on this shitty rank game that we ended up winning last last night that did get that was Hunter into gold. gold yeah. So, yes, yes, and it's also you know I'm kind of sidetracking from the IGL discussion, but r real quick while we're on this, this is uh it's been a couple days now of me being a neon main, which is translated to the patch only came out yesterday, so one day of three games total of me now being a neon main at least temporarily. And I've I've really enjoyed playing Neon. However, her I've not been as good with her ult as I thought because I realize I'm so used to if considering the ult like a stinger, I'm so used to pulling down because the stinger has hella recoil. I'm not used to just like holding it at head level the whole time. Okay, so like so I have to train. Is, there's yeah, an go optimal circle. Oh fuck off! Which if you're both landed <laughs> in would be better. <laughs> <laughs> what we're saying is it's a skill issue on my part of not using Neon's ult very well. I mean, you'll get there. The, your Neon you're plays right. recently have been really good. Like, the last Thanks. day that I played with you where you were like, fuck, I'm a Neon mm -hmm. main now. Like, you played really well, so. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. So, yeah. that... Yeah, go ahead, guys. Oh, oh, I was just gonna say, just talking about our fucking ranked woes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll see how this all pans out. Like, I don't know, like, Boof, Tony, and I played a couple games earlier today. Um, and I feel like, I mean, yeah, we were five-stacking, so, like, what what the fuck am I going to expect? But, like, I feel yeah. like this has been, like, Smurf Central in my last couple of games. Yeah, I mean, like, we are getting pretty well into the I, ads. I, I, I feel like it, it's, like, Smurf Town, population many, but not me. Well, I feel like five stacking, you have like a greater than 50% chance of encountering yeah. a significant smurf. No, on but the like, other okay. Hey, come what on. Boof is... was smurfing, so, you know. Boof was actually smurfing. So I mean, like, okay. Hey, I mean, I say population... that as a, as a kind of a joke because he's smurfing on an account that's one rank below his main. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It... But like, <laughs> technically, yeah, plat one to gold three. Just yeah. so he can play with people. Up. He plays on yeah. the gold three account. Um, yeah. But at any rate, I 
I'm expecting. I'm expecting Smurfs. I had a game today which I think there might have been walls in. Oh. Wow, that, yeah, that, that's bad. They had walls in the map? What the heck? And I like, saw a mess being totally open. <laughs> I know. I, I, I reported said person, and, you know, hey, if I get an update, I'll let you guys know what happened. But, like, there were, like, four to five things that happened throughout the game that individually you you tip your hat. Yeah. You know, good call. You made the right, like, it was a 50-50, you made the right choice. Or, hey, I had just creeped into the smoke and you you decided to spam it at the right time. Good choice. But, like, the the collection of of circumstances that, that were going about seemed, seemed fishy to me. Was it the Reyna on the other team of that game? Yeah, it was. Okay, yeah, I just pulled up her tracker. She is she's only played six games on this account this act, but she does have top top zero point two percent in damage per round, top zero point three in KD, and top zero point one in win percentage. So, Ooh. little little weird for sure. Like I, I don't there like there's one round in particular at least which, a massive like, smurf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, Boof was playing quietly. In in a post plant in which we have smokes down, creeped up to hell on a site bind, or just back site in general. Yeah, and yeah. we knew Reyna was one of last two alive, um, and we knew the other person was like a ways away, and like Reyna just pops out of the smoke in heaven, and one taps him with like with a marshal. When he's in hell, like oh, that it, that's is a little like, weird. That's weird. Like you're, you're not you're not fucking clearing that angle. Right? Like he he silently creeped up there. You're walking out of that smoke, and your crosshair should be on short. Yeah, or showers. Either way, or or showers. And like context of the round, I I would give it to the other team to assume that like hey, no one showers, right? Like they're it's a five stack. Their team's calming. Yeah, they, but they, you probably don't. That's not the first angle you clear. Yeah, but, like, you don't clear that angle hell just jumping out of that smoke. Or not even jumping out, just popping out of that smoke from heaven. Like, she didn't even jump down. She took the orb to get down. You know? It's, like, things like that, and then, like, me, again, like, me on flank just getting insta-jiggle one-tapped by the Reyna, who was on site not too long ago. Like, a couple of scenarios like that lead into my suspicions. I don't know. Yeah, we'll the, the hunting thing on. seems pretty damning. Yeah. Because, yeah, it, like, it's you wouldn't, like, you wouldn't fully clear below you just because you'd be exposing yourself to the much more common angles in that case. Yeah, it, I don't know. Like, I, again, as I said, any one of these scenarios would have been fine. It was the collection of all of them. But, like, that that yep. was the... I don't know. Like I, I, I personally believe that they were either the one of the heaviest spurs I have ever seen, or they were cheating. And I'm leaning towards that they were cheating. Yeah, I looked at their profile more, and they actually have uh, more losses than wins in previous acts. So either they gave their account to someone else, 
who's now smurfing on it, or they bought cheats, probably. But either way, yeah, good you reported them. Yeah, like I, um, I don't know, I, I, I reported them. We'll see how it turns out. I didn't lose a lot of RR for that game, um, nice. so not not the end of the world. But like, and then in the next game that we ran into, uh, you know, and again as he pointed out, you know, I I was playing with someone who was technically smurfing, right? So like. It's not like I'm like upset at other people smurfing. That's not that's not really the issue here. Um, but like, yeah, I was I was just surprised at like the the manner in which how evident it was that on the other team there was a very heavy smurf. Um, in terms of because obviously I can see ranks post game, so I didn't know this at the time, right? It's a five stack. I'm thinking, you know what? There's a bunch of us in gold in this lobby. Like, maybe they happen to have a, like, you know, a pot two, a pot three on their team. Uh, but then, like, to see that, like, I don't know, this person was just, like, bottom gold or, like, midway through silver and just, like, hard fucking carrying. Um, which, again, like, I'm not mad about. It's just, like, it, it just leads me into believing that, like, fuck, these, these five stacks are very not fair yeah in I terms mean, of like was it booth team stack up was it booth saying like he wasn't gonna five stack anymore all right somebody was saying laggy. on his main uh, yeah was it laggy yeah i think it was laggy they were saying like yeah it's just too much too much smurf smurfage yeah. in in the but five like, stacks it's... which is it's it's fair you know like don't don't uh don't five stack if you uh plan on winning the game <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it, it sucks because that's I, the I, most fun way to play the game. Because that's the most stack. fun way yeah. to play the game. Right? The most fun way to play the game is the five stack. And, like, I understand why there are a lot of Smurfs. Because it's the most fun way to play the game. You want to get together with all your buddies. One of your buddies is fucking immortal. And the rest of you guys are just mere, mere shitheads in, in silver and gold. And your buddy wants to play with you. And it'd be an hour long fucking wait if you had tried to get an immortal player with, like, four silvers into a fucking lobby so the guy gets on gets on a smurf like i get it it's it's what it is it just sucks i just wish that Sometimes. wasn't the most yeah. fun way to play the game i i wish there was a way to get like fuck i i, I was telling hunter like chase the other day you and i played played a ranked game in which uh neither neither of us did particularly well yeah uh, yeah, we we were the bottom two frags. Yeah, we Ca were. Cass barely barely got the uh, the second to bottom over me, which no no I... whoa, 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 whoa. hold on hold on I beat out the sky. Okay, in yes, in in combat score. But when I was looking at KD at the end of the round, I was like, hey, hey, hey. or at the end of the game, I was put like, some, put some fucking credit on my name here. I middle fragged that map. Or I middle uh, combat okay, that but map. It, but in kills. We were the bottom no, two, was, yeah, yeah, it killed and and we were two. close until the end of that <laughs> game, right? It was like the last round. You got a couple of kills, and it solidified you. So, <laughs> no, 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 yeah, like no, no shenanigans. Neither Chase nor I were doing hot that map, but phenomenal fucking team. We started off fucking what one in six. Yeah, it was just half. a great team. It's it is fun to play mm -hmm. like that, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And I wish like okay, and one of one of our teammates didn't even have fucking voice comms. Right, it was just using text chat to a good enough level. And then the chamber on our team also popped the fuck off. So obviously it's great when you get a teammate who pops the fuck off. Um But like we we started like we started this map way in the fucking in the ditches. Like we we were like yeah, down like six one, maybe six two. And then ended up coming back to win this. And honestly, I think games like that might be better than the full five stack. When when you've got some rando in voice chat consistently and you guys are trying to figure out what the fuck is going wrong, right? Why the fuck can't we hold sites? What do we have to change? Like, how are we getting run the fuck over? Yeah, it's fun. To, to come back and win. I agree. And I and think when you can actually might, pull that off. Ooh. Yeah, that that might be better than the than the all five stack in which it's just a bunch of dudes shooting the shit. But you can't you can't count on that from your from your teammates and shit, which is very unfortunate. I wish everybody treated Valorant the way that I treat Valorant. Definitely. I mean, on that, I think we should wrap up this episode. Um, you guys oh, got if, if I could, yeah, you if final I could really quickly, Yeah, yeah. Well, I had 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 the whole tangent of the us getting to gold, which led to all this discussion of our recent ranked yeah. experiences. Yeah, yeah. Um, when it comes to me IGLing, I think I would very much enjoy IGLing. Um, once again, depends on the team and depends on the situation. I don't feel like I would have to IGL to enjoy it. So if there's someone who's really good. If I was playing with Vanity, I wouldn't be bummed that I'm not IGLing. But like, if it, if no one else on the team really wanted to do it, I'd be more than happy to pick it up. I think I think I would enjoy both the preparation and the in-game stuff. Um, which so, is yeah. why I'm uh, very happy when you decide to IGL in our games because yeah, because I was gonna say get, like briefly to get back to this because I know we're trying to wrap up here, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's really ironic where like me like me being the person you said like yeah like I I, I somewhat enjoy like mid round calling uh, to hear like I'm trying to do something and Chase is just like yo I'm going to be let's rotate versus him who's saying he hates doing that. <laughs> um, it's just like I, I think it's really funny in that Chase and I had very opposite perspectives on the matter and mm-hmm. in game it behaves not in the way in which we have stated our ideal yeah no it, it often becomes the opposite because I'm much more like actually in game I'm like well fuck I gotta do it we're, we're rotating yeah. right but I'm also also often the one with the spike and therefore the one controlling which site we're going to so um, but I'm also, I'm very happy that Hunter likes to IGL because when he calls out a plan or something like that's exactly what I'm looking for. Okay, cool. Yeah. And also, <laughs> right. like, when, when I am playing entry, I'm often dead and I don't like calling strats when I'm dead. Now, <laughs> as Hunter pointed out, because we're talking about ideal team situations, that might work a little better, but in a ranked lobby, I feel bad talking strats when I'm dead. I don't know about you guys. But like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I it, it depends. Like, if, it, if it's five stacking, I feel way better about it. Yeah. Sure. Or if, like, it's a continuation of a plan that I advanced in my death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, if, if, if I die and we take sight, and then I have some ideas of how to do the post plan, I'm much happier with that than, like, 
I go zero for one. We don't get sight and have to rotate off. Yeah, and I'm like, like it's yo, a big guys, difference. Yo, yo, in... yo, like, yeah, y'all should rotate. No, no, it's not that I saw all five on site, but like, I think y'all should rotate. <laughs> like that, it don't feel right, right. common. So, on that note, it's not like I saw all five on site and then still peaked and died. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, Chase. You want to sign us off here? Yeah, with that, a little bit of a shorter episode, but uh. You know, every time we say it's going to be a shorter episode, it still ends up being a fucking hour and a half at least. So. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we will drink with you later. <laughs>